to y'all have a good day. And I'm happy about what God is doing. Jay just finished her first round of a beat on therapy. Give God praise for that. side effects that were predicted did not happen. She made it through. Doctors, nurses, workers, they were just all amazed. One lady walked in and she said, I wasn't expecting to see a child going through this to be looking like this. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. He's amazing. And I don't want y'all to get so comfortable with the miracle that you stop praising God for it. I want to pray before you so that you'll always know that our normal has changed. We, we depend on God for things now that we didn't know that he could do. And we see it up close. The last time y'all seen J.J. was totally bald. But if you look at him real carefully right now, But now her eyebrows are back. Her eyelashes are back. And in a few months, four months, we're going to be totally done with this process. Yeah. So we thank God. So y'all keep praying like you never prayed before. Keep believing like you never believed before. Because, believe it or not, Satan is always up to something. It's, it's Jay being God's evidence in the earth that he's a miracle worker today. But it might be your child tomorrow. And I get great joy that when I'm at Shands, people know that we are there. People from all over will call and say, could you please come to my room? And I will go to their rooms and lay hands on their children. I just said, because of what God has done in her life, people will know that I'm at the hospital and call for me to come. Dear, tell you, I'll leave our room and I'll go to other rooms and I'll lay my hand on children and we believe that they are healed. And I can't wait for further evidence that there's not healing power in my hand. The healing power is in our faith. Let's keep praying like never before. Today, I want to deal with something. I want to deal with something um, that few of us deal with. And we want to talk about it openly, honestly. Today, I want to begin a message series entitled Emotional Healing. You ain't never heard of that in church, right? Emotional healing. We talk about physical healing, right? But, but what about emotional healing? Yeah. A couple of my friends are here today. Sam is here. Stand up, Sam. Speed Racer is here today. Amen. Stand up, Speed Racer. Y'all give God praise for my brother. Just, 
just stand for one second. Let me tell you why they are here. And I want to challenge you. Let me tell you why they are here. Both of these men got plenty of things they could be doing today. But they are here because on Friday, I sent those two men a text. And I simply said, man, come to church with me on Sunday. And they didn't even hesitate. They said, we'll be there. And they didn't know I did that. They didn't know, you didn't know I hit up Sam. You didn't know I hit up Speed. They individually hit me back and said, no, hey, I'm going to be there, bro. And it kind of showed me something, Shaquan. It showed me that a lot of people don't come to church simply because they're not asked. Job at just asking people Amen. to come to church. Amen. And I want to get a commitment from you, man. Next week, ask somebody. Just text. Send them a text. I just, I just sent a text. We get one even no big conversation. I just simply say, come to church with me this week. And because they're my boys, man, they are they are here today. Amen? Amen. So reach out, man. Use your text message. Use your social media account for something other than foolishness. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, y'all say that. Let me preach get mad. People, sell, tell them, just take somebody and say, Come to church with me. You'll be surprised at how many people will come to church with you. Emotional healing. I don't have a scripture that I want to deal with right now, but of course, I will lace my uh, word with many scriptures. And, uh, I'm going to take my time. Is that all right? Yeah. We might get out of church at 11 o'clock. <laughs> but it's not my fault. Dee decided to preach before she sung again. <laughs> One thing that we don't like to address, especially in the black culture, is mental illness. White folk will go see a shrink in a minute. Ain't that right, Rebecca? She know I'm telling the truth. If she, if she, if she feel like her mind ain't right, man, she'll, she'll, she'll call up the counselor and say, talk to me. Let me talk to you. Black folk, we don't do that. Because y'all know that we carry a whole lot of stuff that, that, that we really shouldn't carry. Man, some of us got some 20-year-old stuff buried on the inside of us that we never talked about. And instead of getting it out, man, we just let it weigh us down. Wells down, and we're so we're so good at faking now that we'll put on a pretty face of makeup or go get our haircut and put on our nice clothes, and we have a way of presenting to the world that everything is okay. But the truth of the matter is, our world is crumbling all around us, and we got to learn how to be honest about the fact that sometimes we're not okay. I'm not talking about physically okay because you can have a summer body but have a winter mind. You can tweak that. And we'll do that. We'll, 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 strategic, we'll be strategic about getting fined for the wedding or getting fined for the beach and look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're tormented. And I want to talk to you about this, man, because I want us to be able to deal with this, because more people than you know deal with mental anguish. 
Let's, let's have a moment of transparency. I've dealt with mental anguish before. Anybody other than me has ever dealt with mental anguish? Amen. Mental anguish, mental anguish. And I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna talk about that. And here's what you gotta understand. A lot of us have a hard time dealing with the truth that sometimes we are mentally unhealthy. Have a hard time dealing with the truth that we are mentally unhealthy. Some of y'all done done some crazy stuff because you were mentally unhealthy. You bust that man with us out because you were mentally unhealthy. <laughs> oh yeah, you pour gas in it. I mean, you pour sugar in this tank. You were men mentally unhealthy. And you got to understand that when you are mentally unhealthy, nothing good comes out of that. And a lot of us try to do a whole to get out of the mental mindset that we're in that would never help us out. Mental anguish is real. You can't drink it away. Y'all not helping me here. Mm, do I have anybody here other than me that's ever tried to drink away mental anguish? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, we in church. We might as well be honest. And some of y'all didn't raise your hand. You drank more liquor than a fish drank water. Your moon shining drink or something. <laughs> Sitting there looking like you ain't never drunk. And try to drink it away. Feel bad. And try to drink it away. And I've been to the place where I've tried to drink away my sorrows. And I'll feel good for a moment. But then when I sober up, I'm right back where I was before. You can't drink it away. Look at your neighbor and you can't drink this away. Look at him and say, you can't smoke it away either. I ain't talking about regular cigarettes. I'm talking about that weed that y'all said here in mind. Sex in a way, even. Y'all not helping me here. Some of y'all don't have some angry sex, but <laughs> y'all don't like this. This type of this is uncomfortable, right? Just was mad, depressed in your spirit. Thought you were just sexing away, and you can't sex it away. You can't gossip it away. And a lot of times when people, watch this, a lot of times when people face mental anguish, a lot of times what happens is because they are miserable, they try to make you miserable. But you can't make enough people miserable enough to take your misery away. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And that's why, that's what's dangerous. It's because nothing good comes out of emotional distress. You got to understand that emotional distress don't just come to folk who ain't living right either. Can we be honest about it? Because, you know, we, we in the church, man, we have a tendency. We, we are so wrong and we're so backwards. And that's why I'm glad that this the church is not a traditional church. Because we're able to talk about some real stuff over here. But see, a lot of times, especially in church, the, the reason why people don't share what they're really going through in church the place that's supposed to be a hospital for them is that as soon as somebody admits that they have a problem, it has to always be associated with what did you do wrong? 
And do you not know you don't have to do anything wrong to go through trials and tribulation? Mental anguish can hit you no matter how you're living. You can be living right and it'll hit you. You can be living wrong and it'll hit you. And I want to spend about 10 minutes and I want to share with you a couple of examples in the Bible of people who you probably wouldn't expect, but these people suffer mental anguish. The first person I want to introduce you to is King David. King David was somebody that God called a man after my own heart. King David, somebody that Jesus came through the lineage of. Somebody that God called, and it called out of his father's field, anointed him, and he he, he, he did wonderful things like uh, 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 slay Goliath with a slingshot and a smooth stone. But David had some mental stuff going on too. We like to credit him because he's a great psalmist, a great writer, somebody who's, who, who we can quote like the back of our hand. But David had some stuff going on. And in many of the psalms, he writes of his anguish. He writes of his loneliness. Anybody ever been lonely? Yeah. Look, and you got to understand, do you know you can be willful and still be lonely? Yeah. I need five of y'all to say amen. Yeah. Oh yeah, lonely. How can the king of Israel be lonely? How can a man with so many wives and concubines and servants and soldiers, how can he be lonely? David was a fearful man. He also had anguish over his own sin. I don't know about you, but I'm unqualified without the help of God and without grace to stand before you and preach the word of God. God, not going to help me here. Like I could not do this if it wasn't for God helping me to do this. And I thank God for his grace. And I thank God for his mercy. And I got to tell y'all something. When I sin, I feel bad. Raise your hand if you got a conscience, man. I'm talking about when yeah. talk, you got a conscience. Anybody else let me feel bad? Yeah. You felt good when you were doing it. Yeah. I'm going to walk out here in this aisle and talk to you. Y'all think this going to be one of them soft messages? No, it gets it get rougher than this. Huh? We feel good when we do it, right? Yeah. But we feel horrible. And man, that's the spirit of God yeah. that's deep down on the inside of us. And David had that. David had that. David had that. David was in despair for a few reasons. The first reason you'll find in 2 Samuel chapter number 12, verses 15 through 20. And you also see it in 2 Samuel chapter number 18, verse 33, where he was suffering because of the loss of his children. He lost one son who was the son of Bathsheba. That son who was born in his murderous affair with Bathsheba. He, 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 he was depressed about that. But he also lost another son by the name of Absalom. Yeah. And what's crazy about Absalom is that he loved Absalom, but Absalom was trying to kill him. Yeah. And when Absalom died, yeah. are y'all listening? When Absalom died, David said, oh, I wish that it had been me. You see, before David said, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit, David said in Psalms 38 and verse 4, he said, my guilt 
has overwhelmed me like a burden that's too heavy to bear. And I believe I'm talking to some people right now who you're right now, you don't have to lift your hand, but I, I can feel it in the atmosphere that there are people in here right now dealing with some stuff that you know is too hard for you to bear. Glory be to God. Look at somebody and say, we're going to fix that today. The same man who said in Psalms 27 and 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be, the, be afraid? What the same man who said in Psalm 42 verse 11, why are you downcast, O my soul? Uh, why are you disturbed on the inside of me? Now watch this. There, there are two altering views that I just showed you. Number one, I show you a man who realizes who God is. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? But then, later on, he will say to his own soul, why are you depressed? That tells me something. You can sing on the praise team all of the songs of the Lord and still go back home and not feel like he's on your side. Y'all not going to help me here. Can, can I be personal for a minute? There have been times when I've stood in the pulpit and preached a powerful word of God to you and went back home and didn't feel it myself. Mental anguish. And if it can happen to David, it can happen to you. Somebody say amen. But David wasn't the only one. Elijah also suffered from emotional distress. After a great spiritual victory that he had over the prophets of Baal, Dr. Fletcher, you know that story. After he had a great victory over the prophets of Baal, where he lit a fire and he told them to light a fire, he told, he told them to set up a fire. And who's ever God came down and lit the fire first? Y'all not gonna help me. That, that's who we gonna call God. And he, he let them call on their God all day and all night. And when they got done, their God had not answered. And Elijah said, watch this. Elijah said, I'm going to do y'all one better. Not only am I going to put wood on it, but he said, I'm going to douse mine with water so that if God lights my fire, he got to go through some stuff to get it done. Y'all not talking to me here. And when he called upon the name of the Lord, God came down and lit water long, long. Y'all not helping me here. He won a major victory. Major victory he won. But watch this. As soon as he won the victory, he found himself depressed because winning the battle made him a target. And some of you right now don't even understand why folk bothering with you. <laughs> you don't even understand. You, you ain't even figured it out yet. You, you think folk just hating on you. And hating on you is so twenty. 15. Yeah. You gotta stop saying that. Look at your name and stop saying people are hating on me. See, when you're a child of God, y'all not hearing me here. When you're a child of God, you realize it ain't folk hating on me. It's folk really liking me on the down low. Y'all missed a good place to shout. See, the reason why Elijah became a target is because of the battles he had won. The reason why you are a target is not 
because you lost anything. Folk ain't got no time to fool with nobody who done lost some stuff. The folk who they want to bother is the folk who've seen them go through fires and come on the other side and not smell like smoke. I need five people in here right now. If you got anybody in your life that don't like you, that's talking about you, that's gossiping about you, can you do me a favor and thank God for that? Because that means you're winning. See, it ain't going to end like this. She says, before this time tomorrow, he going to be dead. Go find him for me. We going to kill him. And there he was running for his life. There he was in a desert. And he sat down and he prayed because though he had just won Keith, a major victory. And that's when you got to really be careful of the enemies out the major victories. Like when something great happens in your life, you can almost expect another attack on the way. He began to pray because though he had won a major victory, he was he was now met with another struggle. He was weary. He was emotionally distressed. And in 1 Kings chapter number 19, verse number 2, that's where you see the story begin. Jezebel sent a messenger to him. She didn't even go to him himself. She sent somebody to him. Said, let it be known that I'm after his life and he's going to be dead by this time tomorrow. Verse number three says, and when he saw that, he arose and went and ran for his life. Are y'all hearing me? Verse number four said, but he himself went with a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. Watch this. Somebody says, I'm going to kill you. And the Elijah that prays to God and sees God's hand move now says, God just let me die before I get killed. Emotional stress. Jonah was also distressed about having to go to preach to people he didn't think deserved their grace. And if you don't know the story of Jonah, Jonah, Jonah went everywhere but where, where he was supposed to go because he didn't want to preach to folk that God sent him to because of what he had known they had done in the past. And I got to tell y'all something, man. Some of y'all are not living your best life right now. It's because you can't get over what folk did to you in the past. And God is trying to get you to bless them. Not just for them, but he's trying to release you from the bitterness. Y'all missing this. Here. Trying to release you from the bitterness. And God, God tells them, go bless them. They hurt you, but go bless them. And instead of going to bless them, he runs from the will of God. Have I got a witness in here? Don't you ever think that God won't send people back into your life who tried to kill you and then turn right around and tell you be a blessing to them. Y'all not helping me here. And sometimes that's a divine strategy of the enemy because of, of God. That's a divine strategy of God because what happens a lot of times here, God says, I'm going to let your enemies live long enough 
to see that what they buried wasn't a body. What they buried was a seed. Y'all not hearing me here. And when they buried you, they thought it was all over. But what they did was they put you in a place where you grew some roots. And when you get mature, he'll send you back to them. God sends Jonah back to them. And Jonah didn't think these people need grace. Let me stop right here parenthetically for the last time and just tell some of y'all who want to extend grace to other folk, you're going to find yourself in a situation real soon where you're going to need some grace. If you don't learn how to forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. Jonah says in verse number four, verse, uh, chapter number four, verse number three, he says, now, O Lord, take my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. He was in that type of mental anguish that he says, it's better for me to die than to live. And I'm looking over this room right now, and I don't want you to raise your hand, I don't want you to wink, I don't want you to give any sign that I'm talking to you. But the truth of the matter is, man, there are many people in this room right now who have gone through some tough situations. But they said to themselves, it would be better if I wasn't even here. But in the church, especially in the black church, we don't want to talk about that. We don't, we don't want to talk about those moments where we've laid up and we've stayed up all night long. Wanting things to change and they never change. And then we end up thinking to ourselves, it would be better if we weren't even here. If it could happen to David, if it could happen to Elijah, if it could happen to Jonah, it could happen to you. Job suffered emotional distress. You remember Job? Job lost everything he had. Lost his children. Lost his health. Lost his wife. His suffering was so great. And such a tragedy that his own wife says in Job chapter number 2, verse 8, you should curse God and die. Are you still trying to hold on to your integrity? Looking like you look? Losing what you lost? But you're still telling God, though he slain me, yet will I trust him? He said, curse God and die. Why, why would my mother's milk even have 
I gotta tell y'all something right here, real quick. You can sit here and look at me like you ain't never had no mental anguish, but I know I'm talking to some folk who sometimes ask God, what is the meaning of life? Yes. I've gone through some struggles, especially this past year, where I've talked to God like that. God, you blessed me with so much, but God, I would rather give that back to you yeah. and have a healthy child yeah. than to have all of this yeah. and have a sick child. Yeah. The, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. What am I even here for? Yeah. Do you mean to tell me you brought me all this way? Yeah. To drop me like this? Yeah. Anybody ever had conversations with God like that? Like, like seriously, God, what? something like this. Job chapter number 3, verse 26. Job says, I have no peace. I have no quietness. I have no rest. The only thing I have is turmoil. But this was the same man who said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The last person I want to show you is Jeremiah. Yes. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet for a reason. Yes. Because Jeremiah wrestled with loneliness, the filling up the feet. And he also wrestled with something else, Kathy. Kathy, he wrestled with insecurity. Yes. He never felt like he was good enough. Yes. And in Jeremiah chapter number 20, verses four, verse number 14, through 18, he says something like this. He says, curse be the day that I was born. She says, why did I ever come out of my mother's womb to see trouble and sorrow and the end of my days in shame? Mental distress. But watch this. Bradley, this is the very same man Somebody that's had some 
suicidal thoughts. You're happy somebody that's had some mental pain. You're happy somebody that's thrown the throat in the tower. Touch them and tell them, I've seen the hand of God just turn my life completely around. And when God turns you around, he's not going to turn you 360. He's going to turn you 180. And that's a big difference. If he turns you 360, you'll go back to the same thing that you left. But when he turns you 180, you're going in a totally different direction in your life. I need you to do me one last favor. High five your neighbor and tell them, I feel just like God is turning my situation around.
truth of the matter is, you're not okay. And if you're ever gonna be okay, you cannot be worried about what anybody else thinks. Because can I tell you something? The people that's laughing about laughing at you and talking about you while you not getting help, they gonna keep laughing when you do get help. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that nothing you do is going to stop them from laughing. So why not just get help? Why not just be okay? And man, you got to understand, y'all better believe this, man. Believe this with everything in you. Is this good teaching today? Rebecca, you got to understand with everything in you, that no matter what you do, there will always be somebody that don't do you. Touch your neighbor said, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because I don't remember the last time folk who don't do me paid my bill. I just can't remember. I, I don't remember the time that they ever went grocery shopping for me. Like if they don't do you. That probably means they don't do for you anyway. So why do they matter that much? You mean to tell me you run out here in mental anguish about people who only think about you when they're trying to give you mental anguish? Man, I'm teaching, I'm teaching so heavy right now. I know some of y'all want me to jump and shout and walk the pews. I stopped doing that 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> they gonna be sweating out all my suits and y'all running around crazy and ain't that I wanna see your life change. Somebody say it Ain't no darn entertainer. Some of y'all sitting up here bored right now. Y'all want me to do something. Want me to turn a backflip? Just somebody that God called yes. to give you a word yes. that can possibly change your life. Yes. Everybody standing in this place, we're about to get some help, right? Thank you, Holy Spirit.
I'm going to mess you up right now. It's going to bless you. I'm going to say to you, you're okay. It's amazing how God speaks. But this is what I'm going to tell you today. I don't even know. 